Welcome to Subject to Blackout. My name is Timo, and with me, as always, from the Name Taken Podcast is Mike. Mike, how are you? All right, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well. It's It's been a minute. We've been on a sure. little bit of a forced hiatus. Yeah, uh, we were probably going to skip a week just because we were a little late on the Dune podcast anyway. Oops. Yeah. And then life got in the way. Yeah. Um, so we're back. We're we're still uh, this week's episode. We'll still be covering the anime version of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. I mean, in a way, we would have done this last week, but because what? Cowboy Bebop is coming out. It's coming out the next 19th, week. I believe. Yeah. This yeah. is way more relevant this week than it would have been last week. Yeah, so it, it worked out. That's why we, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why we stuck with the topic, so. Yeah. Um, but Suck it. <laughs> right? Suck it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Suck it, spleens. <laughs> All right. Um, since we uh, have uh, had time to extendedly watch uh this series i i have not finished it i would say i've watched probably about half the episodes but i did a bit of jumping around uh because mike you are a cowboy bebop knower and i am a a cowboy bebop noob uh so you instructed me to watch uh certain episodes and several episodes and uh uh maybe you can enlighten me and, and some of the listeners as to uh why you pick some of those episodes? Like, what about Cowboy Bebop? Uh, is is the aspects that you look for in an episode? Um, I think that there's there's like a couple types. There, there's like two or three types of Cowboy Bebop episodes. The first thing to remember is that it's like a traditional anime, and I say this without really much of a relationship to anime, but as opposed to just sort of being dragged out season after season, um, generally anime are begun with an endpoint already. That's like already known. Mm-hmm. So Cowboy Bebop was always intended to be two seasons of 13 episodes each, which means that like um, you don't have a lot of downtime. It's not like it's not like the X-Files where you have like a monster of the week episode for like three months and then you have canon episodes. You have like a little bit of canon going on every time, even though there's like lots of different adventures. Um, so it's not the most perfect show to jump out of order is what I'm saying. But like that's how there's like a handful of really iconic episodes that you can just like kind of watch in a standalone way because they have like a certain amount of charisma. Um there are backstory episodes. So all of the characters in the show are, you know, like cowboys desperately trying to escape their pasts, which are always catching up with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like Shane. So there are always a handful of strong backstory episodes uh, for all of the main characters. And in the case of Spike, there are a ton of them. Yeah. Um, there are kind of bounty episodes. The whole point is to track down and actually successfully pull somebody in or take them out and collect a bounty, which happens like a handful of times. Um, and then there are, um, I think you can kind of like separate these even, but there are 
Spike and Vicious episodes. These like key episodes where Spike is like confronting his past as like a gun, like a hired gun for like a like a crime syndicate. Yeah, so like those Yakuza are the three types in space. Yeah, space Yakuza, which is the coolest, the coolest thing. I would I would say the most terrifying Yakuza is yeah. space Yakuza. I mean, true true to form as like a Japanese anime, you have a show where people are zipping around in spaceships, but the bad guy still has a katana and like a giant fucking raven. Yeah. And like like a pirate get up. So very Japanese. So let's so the episodes I talked to you about again, it's been a while. So I, I told you to see the first one. Yes. And you saw that one. Yeah, I, I watched about the first five episodes in a row, uh, and then you gave me your list. So some of them are in there, and then and then I kind of jumped around in chronological order, as I believe, but just jumping around to the ones that you told me to watch. Okay, so I told you Asteroid Blues, which is the first episode. Mm-hmm. Gateway Shuffle, uh, which introduces a lot of, like, lore. It introduces, like, how this, like, solar system society functions to a certain extent um sympathy for the devil also introduces a lot of lore and backstory but is also kind of quintessentially weird mm-hmm. and draws in this sort of like mystical weirdness to the show there was <clears throat> um bohemian rhapsody bohemian rhapsody I'm wondering why I said Bohemian Rhapsody and not one of like three or four other episodes. Um, what did I want you to see in Bohemian Rhapsody? Um, I had you see Brain Scratch, which is like not a typical one that people recommend. Mm-hmm. But it's such a weird and like straight ahead cyberpunk, like kind of Western cyberpunk story. Um, this sort of like brain in a vat type story yeah. that I felt like you had to see that one, at least to have like this kind of ghost in the shell Japanese take on, on Western cyberpunk. Um, and then I think I, yeah. So Bohemian Rhapsody was the last one I gave you. I think in part, the reason why I wanted you to have that one is because it does kind of function a little bit outside of the chronology outside of the Mm -hmm. development but it's one of the key episodes where you can see like the core group interact with one another so in that one you do have you have Faye, spike um ed you have ein and you have jet all kind of like it's it's one of the few episodes i think where all of them are in the fray yeah uh a lot of the episodes sort of run together for me, but my big takeaway was just in kind of watching a few episodes and being interested in watching it because I am very interested in the Netflix live action version. Which, yeah, looks tight, by the it way. It looks very cool. And we'll talk about that in depth a little bit later uh, about what we're expecting from that. But. I have never been much of an anime guy. Um, you know, when we were growing up uh, in, you know, 
in our younger years, Pokemon was kind of sweeping, you know, the world. Um, and then things like Avatar the Airbender and Naruto and Don't, all okay. these. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. Avatar is different. Don't do this to Avatar. Not James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> no. Nickelodeon's La- Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah, but like there was more and more, not necessarily knowing any quality levels, there was more and more uh, anime or anime style um content coming into the mainstream pop culture yeah what whether or not you want to uh raise certain ones above other ones i just never participated in that part of modern culture it just did i like i kind of got into pokemon way too late when i spent a whole bunch of money and then everybody stopped caring about it (laughs) um and uh, you know i've played a pokemon video game but it was pokemon snap it wasn't any of the actual Pokemon games. Um, Avatar, never seen. I mean, hell, Dragon Ball Z was pretty popular when we were kids. Um, but like just none of that Japanese animation really um, was something that most of my friends were into or or that really uh, became a part of of my uh you know, cultural, uh, it didn't really become a part of, of what I was, uh, ingesting culturally. So the coming to this as a, you know, almost a 35 year old man and being a little bit hesitant because my outsider perspective is a lot of this anime is children's shows or, or maybe a little silly. Um, and I know there are some that are, you know, deadly serious. And, and but I don't. Super yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know which ones are the ones that I would still enjoy as an adult. So having Netflix talk about, you know, adapting this for, you know, an adult based sure. live action television show is like, oh, well, maybe this is a foothold in. And I got to say, I told you after I watched the first episode. I was surprised by the um, lack of pandering to the audience. It was yep. it, it was adult in that sense. It's it's a show that you could watch as a child, um, but it is it does not pander to its audience. It's its themes and ideas were really slick and cool, even to someone of my age. And I thought the storytelling from the get go was uh, uh, really slick and entertaining and engrossing. And that's what got me really excited about both getting to know the anime a little bit more and getting to know uh, the Netflix show when it it does drop. So I was very pleasantly surprised, and maybe this will be a door into me, uh, you know, trying to access more anime that I missed over the last, you know, couple decades Eh. i mean i get where you're going i get where you're going and like i think what you're trying to say is what anime can i watch without being made fun of yeah what 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 anime anime can can i I watch watch? without feeling like i'm watching a children's show right what anime can i watch without being worried people will see my net my netflix recommended for you (laughs) yeah i mean it's an important question 
And Naruto is not not one of those. But Cowboy Bebop is. Um, trying to think of other animes that are really super, super you know, nerdy. Yeah, I mean, I, there are yeah, some... Yeah, not Naruto. Pod... <laughs> there can't are can't some... watch that one. So even, even what about Digimon? What about Digimon? Ooh, I don't know about Digimon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, no, no Dragon there, Ball I... Z, for sure. Uh, can't, can't Attack on Titan is is one that people talk about a lot. Are we canceling um, that now that I don't, I don't Paul know. Gosar? I don't know anything about thing. anything. All of this is news to me. Sure, that it could have been produced by Louis C.K. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I I hear about Attack on Titan. I you know, there's also the the Studio Ghibli films, which Ghibli. Those are Ghibli art. Yeah. Which I haven't seen any of those, but they're available on HBO Max. So, you know, maybe I should check out some of those um, people who I like who create content, either sure. uh, podcasts or or YouTube videos or whatnot. Uh, Studio Ghibli is Ghibli. Yeah. Ghibli, like giblets. Studio Ghibli is is very popular. Um, like I said, Attack on Titan is is something that I hear people talking about. And there are other ones. But like this was my my first foray into it, and I was uh, immediately pleasantly surprised with how much I felt like it was a show. You know, it was it was like watching a show that appears on, on a weeknight at eight o'clock. It's not aiming for kids. Maybe it's OK for kids, but it's, yes. you know, it's telling complex adult stories with um intelligently in just an art form that I didn't consume with great world building and music. And yeah, no point in a show. Does anybody run so fast that their arms are thrown behind them? That was actually my biggest problem. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, Yeah. I mean, it was, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, it was definitely breaks, breaks the mold, breaks the mold. Yeah, it it felt like someone did an anime version of this story because they knew they couldn't film it. You know, like they yes. didn't have the budget or the technology to film it. So we have to fucking draw it because I have this idea about space cowboy bounty hunters uh, in a, a dystopian <laughs> um, sort of fucked up cyberpunk cowboy universe. And it. It's really pretty fucking cool. It's and, really cool, yeah. And uh, jazz. Plus and, jazz. And just weird, awesome jazz music. Yeah, so, like, again, like, all of that and, and seeing the first couple episodes and then the, the ones that you handpicked, I'm very much looking forward to what should be a show that can afford to do a live-action version right. And from everything Netflix has released, it really looks like it's going to be visually a different show, but also a show that is firmly rooted in the anime. I mean, just in the episodes that I watched, I could already see how they were redoing or, uh, you know, revisiting storylines from the anime. God, as we're talking about this, I'm like so... So fucking glad I have a new TV coming for this show. I'm so fucking glad. Um, I mean, as someone who likes science fiction and cyberpunk science fiction, Cowboy Bebop has had a huge impact on me and like my 
imagination and also the bar I set for science fiction and science fiction world building, which is why I struggled with something like foundation where, because the main character was like super into math, she would like have nightmares and like wake up and just like yell like parabolas. She didn't have, she didn't have nightmares. Was, like, the whole she show. had math mares. Math mares. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, uh, you like you shattered that glass for, for me. <laughs> you shattered that glass for me because you're an asshole, and that's kind of why I stopped watching yeah. the series. <laughs> is because there was another scene where she's like <gasps> math, and I was just like, oh god, Mike ruined this entire scene for me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I've taken an extended break since episode five came out, and I'll binge the rest of the show at some point, but. Uh, my buddy texted me the other day. He's like, I'm really enjoying Foundation. I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to tell you what ruined it for me. <laughs> yeah. And she has that South but, London accent, too. So she's like walking around like, order of operations, isn't it? <laughs> what are their Oi, governor. Now? She's, she's uh, South just, African. Uh, she's quadratical. <laughs> she's, she's South African. So she's not from South London. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so close. I mean, it is south of London. Yep. There's that. True. Oi. The most of that. <laughs> I really thought it was inappropriate. <laughs> oh, my God. I watch a, a lot of content uh, uh, done by people with English accents because I watch soccer and people talk about soccer. And uh, sure boy, when they say maths, I just want to jump through the screen and choke you're, them. You're There's only one math. Stupid. There's just. It's just math. Yeah. It's all math. It's all math. <laughs> oh, maths, governor. Oh, fuck you. Oh, just fuck you in your fucking face. <laughs> so, Cowboy Bebop, huge impact on me. It's why, and like, just to upset other people now, it's why, like, anytime anybody talks about firefly like fuck firefly firefly is like a giant pile of shit it like it strives to be everything that cowboy bebop is but can't From get past heard, yeah. how narcissistic of a piece of shit joss whedon is yeah and uh, uh that apparently it came through in the content because yes. <laughs> yeah because so, uh, that boy's career is yeah, the boy's career might be over. So yeah, I mean, should have been after that cut of the Justice League, but like, what can you do? Yeah, you know, sometimes you just keep falling up, and and Privilege. we've spoken about that uh, quite frequently over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, and he's been coasting on Buffy for like twenty years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw him do Avengers, and I was like, cool. And I've consumed almost none of his other work. Yeah. And- I think I'm better off for it. Yeah, we're fine. So, so I mean, everything that Firefly wanted to be. Uh, I think I've been trying to follow the Cowboy Bebop subreddit less and less because there's enough people who are just vocally angry. So, like, there's been a long history, like, of a Western live-action version of Cowboy Bebop. It's been in development hell for, like, two decades. And the closest it came to being produced last time was in the mid 2000s and it, Keanu Reeves was going to be Spike and it was going to be a Whoa. movie. Yeah. <laughs> like 2000s were truly the decade of like, what if Keanu could just be Keanu and like everything that's kind of vaguely, you know, cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 
Who should we get for our Johnny Mnemonic? Like, how about Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah. <laughs> so he's available. Yeah, and now so so that was going to happen, and it fell apart, which I'm kind of glad about. I was dreading the possibility of that. Um, a Netflix series being able to develop this across several episodes is the most appropriate way to go. Cause like you were saying like these, these, the narrative is strong. The stories develop really well and the dialogue is great. So you get to see the way that these characters play off of their environments and play off one another. And it sort of strengthens, you know, the way that you can explore the world along with alongside the characters. Right. Yeah. So you really, because there's so much richness and depth, you need more than two hours to spend in these environments. So it makes sense to do this live action thing. Um, but yeah, like the there's a vocal minority in the community who are just going to hate this no matter what. I and think that's that's a lot of pop culture these days. Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. So at least I can tell you why I'm excited. I don't know. I mean, I, the, I guess I understand how, but normally people ignore good sense when they do these types of projects, but there are two things that are extremely important to Cowboy Bebop, and they have done both of those things. The first, I think, I think I know what both are. Do you mind if I guess? Go ahead. Yeah. All right. The first one is that they're bringing back the musical director from the anime series. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So one of the characters is jazz, and one of the characters specifically is the way that jazz and all of these like pieces are interwoven with the action happening on screen. You, yeah, you could not have Cowboy Bebop without jazz being one of the main characters so yeah that was one and then the other one is i think you're gonna say john cho is spike not john cho is spike but that the voice actors in the original introduced such personality to the roles that the japanese creator considers the english dub to be canon wow i had no idea that was the case yeah so if you watch all of the trailers it sounds like john show in particular and the others have made a lot of effort to even sound like the show the dubs so having paid attention to the music and paid attention to what made the voices so important and expressive i think they're approaching this perfectly i think it's going to be awesome we don't want something exactly like the anime we want something special and new and i think they've like so far everything suggests that they struck that balance yeah as as you said the character or, or the actor playing the character of uh jet black in in the series sounds remarkably similar to the cartoon character yeah um to the and, anime character and john show kind of had that sort of like kind of too cool sort of yeah, he's definitely playing it real cool and casual. Yeah. Um, I was shocked, absolutely shocked. Well, and I was uh, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about whether or not they were anticipating the show being released, and they were like, "Hey, we're both, you know, Cowboy Bebop fans, and we'll definitely be there watching it day one." But one of them was like, "You know, I'm not sold on John Cho." And he was like, you know, John Cho from Harold and Kumar. And it's like, right. well, Harold and Kumar was 20 fucking years ago. He's He's got the ability to be a different actor. And how many times has an actor been cast in a thing that people love and everyone's like, I'm not sure. And like, you think about it and it's Robert fucking Downey Jr. 
Like right. everyone was like, really him? And now it's like, he is Iron Man. Michael anyone Keaton writing an Batman. honor. Yeah. Twice. Like anyone, anyone, <laughs> he, he probably will be Batman again. Yeah. Um, but anyone writing an Iron Man going forward in a comic book has to take into the fact the Robert Downey Jr. of it all because he reshaped that role from a fringe superhero sure. to one of Marvel's f- foremost. So either you have to lean into that RDJ voice or you have to know it so you can avoid it. And and that's that's a thing that an actor doesn't always get the opportunity to do. And John Cho has that opportunity to absolutely turn Spike Spiegel into a character that, yeah, a bunch of people loved, but a bunch more people are about to be introduced to it. And he can absolutely grab it by the fucking balls and make it his own. And again, everything I've seen released from Netflix looks fucking outstanding. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the trailers made me excited. John Cho, I was also suspicious in the beginning I mean, he was Hikaru Sulu, so he he's been in science yeah. fiction, and he was he was good as Sulu. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> although he could have leaned into that George Takei voice, he didn't do that at all. Really? Yes, Captain. <laughs> um, well, he didn't lean into the voice, but he did lean into the sexuality and played the character as gay. So he did. There is that, because he couldn't do the voice. <laughs> But no, I think I think his spike doesn't sound nearly it doesn't hit the ear in the same way anime spike does. But the attitude is definitely there. And I'm very excited to see what his take on the character is. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm like I'm so jazzed about about seeing all of their interpretations of the characters. I like my sense is that they're going to slow down the series. So in season one, I bet you we won't see Ed. Um, I bet you it'll just be the the trio and probably Ayn. Um, I can almost guarantee we get some of the vicious story. But yeah, we'll have to get some of the vicious story in the in the previews. So part of the reason I gave you like Gateway Shuffle is because you see. Did you go back and watch the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. So you see the protagonist or the antagonist in gateway shuffle in the trailer remember yeah and all the the seal masks Mm -hmm. um you i think you see the screen tower from brain scratch okay yeah i don't remember seeing that but yeah probably so like um i also think you get hints about uh I believe the episode one is with the uh, drug smugglers, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there's evidence that that is going to be in the series, which would make sense as an opening uh, episode because I thought it was a spectacular opening episode Great. Uh, for the anime. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, the, like there are clearly scenes where it's like, okay, that's one of the vicious episodes that I saw. Okay, that's that episode. Okay, that's that. So they're definitely, they're definitely going to hit a bunch of the same material. Um, but I, I, you know, there's also a bunch of stuff in there where it says that they're going to be doing things a little bit differently, doing some new storylines, and I'm, I'm 
game for that. All right, Mike. Well, I think we have sufficiently uh, discussed Cowboy Bebop and are now completely prepared for its Netflix release of the live action version. Um, let's take a quick little break and we'll come back to talk about the rest of pop culture. Next week on Subject to Blackout. Returning to our roots, Mike and I are going to be reviewing the 1985 Hong Kong action crime classic, Police Story. Written, directed, and starring Jackie Chan, Police Story is Jackie's first and most famous introduction to the American film market. Featuring many large-scale action scenes with elaborate and dangerous stunts, directed by Jackie Chan himself and featuring his legendary stunt team, Police Story introduces us into the world of Hong Kong filmmaking that Jackie rose up from. A blockbuster success in many markets, this film served as a fitting introduction for the Western world into the practical stunt-based work that would define Jackie Chan's illustrious career. Join Mike and I as we delve into this action classic that predates Jackie's foray into mainstream Hollywood cinema. And also, with the release of Shang-Chi on Disney+, Plus, Mike and I will be able to discuss both the Hong Kong influences of this Marvel foray, and hopefully begin to pick out the roots with which Jackie Chan laid all the way back in 1985. So, join us next week as we not only revisit Police Story, but also Disney Marvel's Shang-Chi. Alright, Mike. That was our Cowboy Bebop the Anime discussion and a little bit of a discussion as well about our, our anticipation of the Netflix series. Uh, in the meantime, it has been a few weeks and right. uh, without this beautiful, wonderful podcast, I've had a little bit of time on my hands. And one night I got bored and I rented Free Guy. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, free Guy. I don't, you don't rent porn. <laughs> you just... It's just there. Uh, no, but I, I rented Free Guy with uh, everybody's favorite, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and I got to say, it was pretty entertaining. Like, it's not it's not Dune, you know, uh, it's not Pig. I would love to see Ryan Reynolds in Dune. <laughs> but Ryan Reynolds being sarcastic Ryan Reynolds in Dune. Oh, no, that's. That's a great idea, Paul. Oh, God. I would love that. <laughs> I want Ryan Reynolds and I want Ryan Reynolds to be Batman. I was just about to say, I saw a poster <laughs> for the Batman and I was like, man, Ryan Reynolds should be in that. <laughs> He's cut. Um, vengeance. All right. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to me. Uh, no, but, uh, it's, uh, if you're unfamiliar, Free Guy is a, a comedy romance. Like, it's not a rom-com, but it's comedy that's pretty much about a romance, uh, in between an artificial intelligence, non-playable game character, uh, in a, like, MMORPG. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, through plot devices, becomes, sure, he becomes sentient and doesn't realize he's not in the real world, uh, and inadvertently meets and falls in love with his creator. And things happen, and Ryan Reynolds is charming and funny, like he is in most of the things that he's in. Uh, and you could do worse if you're looking for a comedy to watch on a lazy weekday night. Um, I, I see, I very like, much enjoyed it. I feel like that was a movie that was just being promoted forever. Mm-hmm. 
Like by the time it came out, I thought it had already been out like a year ago. That's because that's when it was supposed to be released. Is that right? Yeah, it it kept getting pushed back because of COVID because they wanted to release Free Guy in theaters. And when they finally did, it was like the biggest theater release in two years. Um, Beating out, there was some critically acclaimed movie that it was beating out at the same time that it was released. And everyone's like, oh, that's not a good sign for the critically acclaimed movie. Um, I forget which one it was, but yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those movies where that you don't see very often that isn't a, you know, $150 million movie. And it's also like, uh, you know, it's also like a comedy, which you're not getting a ton of those right now. You're getting like action movies that are funny. And this was just kind of a comedy with a video game concept attached. This was like, what if pixels were good? (laughs) (laughs) You know, instead of being a lazy, horrible, trite piece of garbage that Adam Sandler signed on to do just so he could get his friends another paycheck. Sure. Like, what if someone tried on pixels and... Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was perfectly perfectly fine and funny in in most of it. So uh um, one and a half thumbs up from me. I'm wondering if like should we go see Eternals? Because I have a feeling that will also be perfectly fine. But is perfectly fine acceptable for a Marvel movie now? Uh, I've heard, I've heard things that made me not want to see it. What did you hear? Um, just that it's long and boring and ugly. <laughs> I mean, is that all? That's it? Just, that's all just that. Um, that's the, that's the comp, that's the perfect trifecta for an, oh my God, are we done yet? Experience in a movie theater and... Given that Shang-Chi, which you've seen. I liked it. And I am still waiting for a Disney Plus release. Given that Shang-Chi was like everyone really liked and it like had cool stuff that Marvel doesn't always do, like fight scenes and shit. Um, like, uh, you know, jujitsu, karate, martial arts fight scenes, uh, as opposed to just like people going at each other. Um, I... Wish I had seen that in theaters rather than having the option now to see Eternals because it just sounds like that movie is bloated and bad and and from what everybody's saying, ugly, like bad to look at. And that's that's no fun. So I don't know with Spider-Man coming out around the corner and that like almost certainly just a fucking home run. Because. Toby and Andrew are in it. We, you know, they won't say it, but we all fucking know it. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to wait until that comes out to see my next Marvel in theaters. Um, I mean, I guess that's fair enough. Like, if there's like an Eternals 2 or 3, we can just pick it up when they just give it to Taika Waititi. <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's be real. 
Yeah, I mean, I, if if they're not doing Thor movies in five years, yeah, he'll probably. How if you're Disney, how could you justify not keep giving him movies? Everyone who works with him loves him. The movies are really good. They're the funniest fucking versions of the movies. And Thor Ragnarok is one of the best looking Marvel movies. In my opinion. I agree. And it's got uh, Jeff Goldblum. It does. And it and it has uh, Loki. And everybody loves Loki. Jeff Goldblum surely be an Avenger. He should be the Hulk. <sighs> what? what? And just <laughs> throwing this out there. Next phase, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Professor X. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but with hair. Because why would you why would you make him be bald? But still in a wheelchair. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like constantly crossing his legs and uncrossing his legs, so he's clearly not paralyzed. He's just he's like, I can move this chair with my mind. Why would I walk? <laughs> this is my school for freaks. <laughs> oh yes. I I see what you're saying, but also I don't I don't know what it means. Maybe don't freeze the students. <laughs> Cyclops, Cyclops. If I could just a word, hmm? Hmm? a word, hmm? ah. I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> Jean Grey, not for you, or for me. I would really love that. It'd be a horrible casting and everyone would hate it. Okay, except wait. for me. Jeff Goldblum as Magneto. <laughs> Charles. Charles. Charles, you're not listening. Charles, they're killing us. Okay? Can't even find a home. I would, I would just, yeah, I hope that they do some some screen tests with Jeff Goldblum just to. <sighs> yeah, that would be ideal. Get him, make him gambit. <laughs> <laughs> he can do his own take on the accent. I guarantee. <laughs> Moan a me. <laughs> when I touch these cards, they light up. Potential energy. It's amazing. And and you know, I, I light up these cards and I, I don't I don't spend enough time thinking, should I light up the cards? <laughs> just just thinking, can I? And I can <laughs> well, and there it is. <laughs> uh yeah, so here here's our five uh, hour cut of the X-Men. <laughs> Uh, that's all I want out of an X-Men film. I'm sure Marvel won't fuck up the X-Men because like Sony didn't and Sony fucks up everything. (laughs) So just give me X-Men and whatever, but just give me the cartoon theme song. Marvel music sucks anyway. Just give me the X-Men cartoon theme song because it's fucking perfect. All right, Mike, is there anything that you have been watching, listening to, reading? I know you've been a little bit busy with life. I'm busy. Yeah. Um, no, I've been, <clears throat> I was revisiting Cowboy Bebop just to get ready for uh, the new series. 
So that's that's really been it, I think. Mike, have you ever watched on on Netflix the uh, series Big Mouth? I haven't. Saw that it's trending right now. I did not realize that. Um, so basically, uh, a lot of people who I think are funny are on the show, and that's why I started watching it when it started. I don't know, uh, four or five years ago when it when it first premiered. John Mulaney, Nick Kroll. Like like um, yeah, there's there's uh, nobody canceled there yet. Jason Manzukic. Nobody been on Joe Rogan's show yet. That's good. <laughs> it's always a good sign. Um, nobody taking ivermectin in that cast. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Jordan Peele is in the show. Um, uh, Fred Armisen, just a ton of really, really funny people in it. And uh, it's basically a show about puberty um, and just like a bunch of kids going through puberty. And they have these things called puberty monsters mm-hmm. and they're filthy, <laughs> disgusting, lecherous, hilarious characters. Maya Rudolph plays the female one. Um, it's, uh, you know... It's not like the greatest show ever, sure. but it is the perfect thing uh, in my experience to like put on while making dinner <laughs> or or folding laundry or whatever you have to do. Like it is really funny, kind of throwaway stuff, but also has some interesting things to say to, you know, kids going through puberty about puberty. Like, hey, you know, this shit's weird and awful, but you know, it happens to everybody equally. And yeah, it's uh it's pretty entertaining. Their most recent season just dropped and I've been watching that while I've been making dinner and folding laundry and I've I've enjoyed that as well. It sounds like you have some time to also watch the Babysitters Club. <laughs> it does. I I thought we were doing that for the pod. We so should. we'll yeah. we'll we'll have to set that up, but uh I, for now I'm sticking with the series that I'm already uh sort of engaged with okay uh, previously i'll check it out all right right, mike unless you got something else i think that'll do it for this week that's it all right for those of you listening along you can head on over to subject where you can reach out to us and you can find links to all of our socials including instagram patreon twitch twitter and youtube and also feel free to rate review and subscribe on any of those and lastly, you can find Mike on Instagram, Twitter at Name Taken Podcast. Mike, I want to thank you for joining me. Cheers. Looking forward to Cow. Oh, actually, see you, Space Cowboy. See you, Space Cowboy.